0: Hi, I'm Justin Boyd.
1: And I'm a tornado that, that took Ken away in the movie.
0: <laughs> and we are the Watchers in the Basement. Welcome to the Watchers in the Basement. Today we are here to discuss, to, I mean to celebrate the 10th anniversary of Man of Steel. That's right. Not only are we, just, are, we are celebrating the 10th anniversary, but we're also here to talk about the movie because The Flash comes out this week. And in The Flash movie... Barry Allen goes back in time. He goes back to a 2013 that it's an alternate version of 2013 that, that includes Zod and Fiora, two of the characters from this movie. However, there's no Superman. So anyway, interesting tie in. The flash will be returning to the scene of man of steel without the man of steel there. So, but don't worry about that. You'll get my uh, review of the flash next Monday, but today we're here to discuss man of steel. Let me give the little synopsis first. An alien child is evacuated from his dying world and sent to Earth to live among humans. His peace is threatened when other survivors of his home planet Krypton invade Earth. He assume the, assumes the role of mankind's protector as Superman, and battles the maniacal Kryptonian General Zod in order to save mankind from annihilation. In this supercharged reboot of the franchise, okay, let's hit. Let's let's do some Man of Steel facts before I get Frank's thoughts on the movie. Man of Steel was released June fourteenth. To, uh, 2013 which is literally you know almost two days from hitting it you know 20 uh, 10 years exactly it was the first movie of the dc extended universe also known as the dceu had a box office of 668 million and a budget of 220 million so it, it did pretty well runtime of two hours and 23 minutes it feels like it directed by of course Zack snyder it's his second dc movie he also did Watchmen but it's his first movie in what is referred to now as the Snyderverse. He also did of course, Batman v Superman. And then he also did uh, justice league, the, uh, the Snyder cut version. Uh, the story of this movie was by David S. Goyer and Christopher Nolan. Never heard of him. Nolan was also a producer in this film. And the cast of course includes Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Michael Shannon, Christopher Maloney, Anje Trow, Ailet Zurer, Kevin Costner, Diane Lane, Lawrence Fishburne, and Russell Crowe. Now, Frank, let's go back to 2013. Do you remember the first time you saw this movie? And what were your thoughts on the movie then? And have they changed 10 years later?
1: Yeah, I remember. So the first time I went to go see this movie was a midnight showing. It was a Thursday night in Paraland. And um, I was excited from the standpoint that I didn't watch the other super, Superman movies in the, in the teens and the 2010s. Um, I can't remember the guy's name that played on, but, like, I think he was- Brandon Routh. Yeah, Yeah, Brandon Routh. So, I didn't watch those. Um, The last Superman movie I had seen prior to Man of Steel was Christopher Reeves' movies. You know, like, it's it's always going to be nostalgic for me because of, like, Christopher Reeves was the first, like, Superman cinema movie of its kind in the the 70s going to the 80s. Um, Like, he is the iconic guy I think of in my childhood as Superman. So, I, I didn't have a lot of, like, expectations as far as, like, the acting chops. Because Superman, like the people who don the red cape, we don't look for the thespian nature of that character. We look for like the, well, does the does does the comic book version of uh, stand out? Does the powers look good? Does the flying look good? The CGI, the yeah. how does he look in the suit? Like it, it's more cosmetic, with with Superman than is with a lot of other like acting roles that we see in Hollywood. But I gotta say, man, Henry Cavill, man, he knocked it out of the park, like. He was the first person I, and this is this is including like, um, Kane from the from the from Superman Lois series too. He's the first Superman that I remember watching and saying to myself, "This motherfucker can act." Like I really believe he's Clark Kent. I really believe he's Superman. I really believe he's he's Kryptonian. Like, like there there's a scene in the movie where um, towards the end where he's fighting Zod and like this in this building and like Zod's trying to take out this family. With his laser beam eyes and like the screaming that he that he does before he snaps his neck and then like looking at his hands and like being so disgusted with himself that was acting bro that was like juilliard type shit like the, the amount of anguish and anger and regret i was like this motherfucker's really acting like he he brought his toolbox with him dog like i was so surprised by how good this movie was so i wasn't at this point i wasn't really expecting much we had just finished the whole batman series Dark Knight, so I really had very low expectations. I thought the Dark Knight was really like um like a uh, an anomaly of just a great trilogy. Uh, so going to this movie, I had no expectations, and it just it shot it shot out of the park for me. Like he to this day, he's my favorite Superman. Um, to this day. Wow.
0: Yeah, you know, as long as I've known you, you've always like you've always been a big fan of this movie. And uh conversely, I have not been a big fan. I I uh I'm, Superman's my favorite character. Um. Let's just like you, I grew up with the Christopher Reeve movies and like Super Friends, the cartoon. I watched Lois and Clark on TV, and Smallville was huge for me. And, he, you know, I, I was way into this movie. I was way into Superman Returns, which came out in 2006, which we mentioned before had Brandon Routh as Superman. And that movie was kind of disappointing. And so when they were rebooting the, when I heard they were rebooting it, I was like, oh, that's, you know, a good thing. Or I need to see more Superman. Let's get Superman back. And this movie I was very excited about. Um, like you mentioned before, it, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy just ended. That's like I said, Christopher Nolan was a part of this movie as you know, as a, he helped with the story and he was a producer. And really, it sounds like what he did is he kind of helped uh, Warner Brothers find Zack Snyder and he really kind of set that up and then he kind of got out of the way. But, um, you know, this movie, it was, you know, kind of going to be a grounded version of Superman, which is kind of a weird thing to say about a guy who flies and can, you know, has shoots laser beams out of his eyes. And anyway, I was really looking forward to it and it just, I left the movie and I was kind of disappointed. I just, you know, like there's, there's cool stuff I like, but there's a lot of things that like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like Superman and those things, trust me, those things are still there. But over the years, like the last couple of years I've watched this movie several times and I kind of see that there's a lot of really good stuff in this movie. And you know, one of the things about this movie that um, I didn't like initially that I think is excellent now is the opening 20 minutes is an opening. Well, it opens on Krypton, which, and it's, this very like, really like space sci-fi version of Krypton. And, you know, you, you get, of course, Michael Shannon is odd. And, you know, more importantly, you get, uh, Russell Crowe as jor and you kind of see, you know, baby Kal-El is born and, you know, you kind of get the Genesis chamber and the codex and, you, you know, you, all these things are thrown at you, but it's a, it's a well done scene or it's a well done like portion of the movie. And initially, I, I didn't like that because, like, I like Superman in the suit on Earth doing Superman kind of stuff. But looking back, it's like that's that part of the movie is really aged well for me. What's your take on the opening Krypton uh, scenes?
1: I'm the opposite. I wish I got I wish I got more of that because, uh, like, most Superman movies, you don't you don't if you get a a, a quick snippet of Krypton it's very it looks very archaic it looked very like a thing in the past this is the first incarnation on the big screen of krypton of how futuristic it looks sci-fi like you said the like the 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 uptick of technology um on that planet um i wanted more i wanted more like flashbacks of that throughout the movie to be honest cuz it's 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 a it's an origin adjacent movie so like it's not it's kind of an origin film but not really because you already get into it with him finding his powers at this point, and just like be more in tune with his powers, but to see what his people look like because we don't really have a blue, a, a big screen visual or reference to see what Krypton looked like, how the people acted, um, how how this war, ca- how this this beef between the scientists and like the politicians um, came about, and and this destruction of Krypton. Like we, we hear a second hand by Collard talking about it, or and cartoons of Brainiac, you know, Devouring Planets or whatever. But um seeing the visual of Krypton, man, I, I wanted more of that because it just looked cool. And like seeing Michael Shannon and Kevin Costner, like seeing them on Krypton and get more shots of that would have been super dope. Like, like in the comic books, so prior to Krypton um imploding, the uh there were there were there was so much beef between um the scientists, um Jarrell, J- 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 uh Joel's uh, group and um, the militants, um, Zod's group, and I lo- I'll, i would love to see like a prequel, or just just more of that. Have that uh, of how that came about to get a better understanding of why kal L the way he is, and why uh, why Zod the way he is. It, I think it would have fed more to the story of just seeing instead of seeing more of just Superman flying in, in, in a field in Kansas or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah,
0: there was a, a Krypton. Uh- kind of series on sci-fi a couple years ago it went two seasons i i didn't watch any of it i'm not like sure it. you watched it i didn't it? like yeah. it yeah i
1: saw the first season it's it's so the guy is superman's granddad so it's not right. his name, it's not right. it's it's jerrell's dad um it's just i don't know i mean brain X in it and i guess because i was so unfamiliar with those characters i didn't give a damn about them cuz they yeah. don't they're not people that i really care about it's had maybe it had to be too far Jor- back maybe yeah, yeah far yeah. back like there's no like in the comic book there's no like well now i came across no reference of Jarrell's dad it's more about Jarrell, yeah his wife in like the the in 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 the uh in the the beef between the the, the two factions that would have been more that would have hit more close to home because i think with that you get more of like uh you no know, right like oh man that superman's pops right there oh that Superman's mom right there Oh shit! Superman's uncle right there. Like, it, it would have been more. It would have hit home more for me than like going back two generations. Yeah.
0: Well, like I said, the, the Krypton part has aged well for me. I think it's it's not my favorite part of this movie, but it's it's probably like the the most bulletproof part. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like other stuff, there's there's holes to pick. And you know, I've I've nitpicks for other parts of the movie, but I think that's a pretty pretty strong portion of the movie. But you know, my favorite thing. And this is even my favorite thing from. Back in 2013, when I first saw the movie, the score by Hans Zimmer, I think, is perfect. You know, Superman, John Williams, who created so many iconic scores throughout the years—Star Wars, and Jurassic Park, and Jaws, and all these things. Well, Superman was one of his also, and and and, uh, for for Hans Zimmer to come along and to, I mean, his score is not as iconic because obviously the movies are not as iconic as the Christopher Reeve movies, but his score fits, fits so perfectly. I listen to this score like all the time, just when I'm doing work or whatever, I just put it on the background. I think it's like, a, it's such a great, it's just a great feeling. And you can kind of get the sense of the movie and just how it feels. Uh, you know, it, it's Hans Zimmer. He's, he's done a lot of great stuff. Also. He did the dark Knight trilogy. He did the amazing Spider-Man movies. He did uh, Batman versus Superman. He did some of the justice league stuff from Zack Snyder's version. So he's uh, he's no stranger to these superhero movies, but I, I love the sound of this movie.
1: It just sounds majestic it it just yeah. sounds like it sounds like almost like the dawning of a new era has arrived right yeah. like in in yeah. like the timing when 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 clark puts on that cape and he flies for the first time and like and like he when he confronts za for the first time it, it's that music chimes in is just like okay not only is a dawn of a new era this is going to be the prince that takes us through the whole dceu this is going to yeah. be our this is going to be our, our Iron Man adjacent for DCEU. like this is they're, they're donning him for the for the next ten years at least. That's at least that's what we thought at the time. Right. Um, it, it's yeah, just majestic man. Like him. I um, can't. I can't remember. I can't remember uh, is a it, it for the Avengers. Silvestri?
0: Oh, Alvin's Alan Silvestri, I think I say
1: Yeah. Yeah. John and Alan Silvestri Man, two of the best in the business, man. Like w- yeah. when I hear the, the Avengers theme song, when I hear Superman's this the, this this score.
0: I, it makes me want to go accomplish great things in life <laughs> it really does I, I got you no you're right it is very like it's very like motivating it's very like you know you kind of feel like i you know maybe i could be superman or something even though that's uh, it's ridiculous but uh, <laughs> it's it's such an awesome set and really honestly i wonder you know there's going to be a new superman in a couple of years james gunn's superman legacy and i really wonder what they're gonna do with the music because james gunn obviously is known for his needle drops with popular music I wonder if they'll go back to John Williams or if they'll, I, I doubt, I doubt they're going to use the Hans Zimmer music. They'll probably create something new, but man, that's, it's going to be hard to like top this one to top the John Williams one, but uh, that's the top. i just so concerned,
1: show. man. I just, I, I look, I, I, I like, I like James Gunn. I think he's, I love the guardian series. I don't know. I don't know if he has the bone in his body to like create something semi-serious when yeah. it comes to somebody like Superman. Cause Superman's not funny
0: he's not a there's no slapstick with superman no i mean you you could i think you could find humor in the world but i don't think superman needs to be a jokey he's not spider-man you know he's not like he's not he obviously not deadpool it's it's a different kind of character yeah yeah
1: that's that's one of the concern with him being over the legacy this legacy project
0: yeah so we'll, we'll see how that is in a couple of years but uh you know you mentioned you're talking about your overall thoughts, you're talking about how great Henry Cavill is. So let's get to the cast. There's a lot of great casting information. I think this cast is awesome, like top to bottom. And honestly, the casting of the whole, like, DCU has been great, save for, I think, Lex Luthor. I think the, that casting was pretty bad. But every other character, I think, has been has been awesome. Uh, let, let's talk about Henry Cavill a little bit. You talked about how like, he's become your Superman. And I, I can understand that. You know, the, the there's a lot of interesting stuff about Cavill he is the first non-American actor to play the character, but get this—he was cast to be Superman in a in a movie called Superman Flyby. I don't know if you remember that. It never happened, but it was a it was no. a movie that was written by J.J. Abrams, and it was supposed to come out like around two thousand four, two thousand five, and several directors were were on it, off it, like Brett Ratner and Mick G, and some other people were a part of it. It fell through, and what ended up happening is. Superman Flyby became Superman Returns which Brandon Routh got the role and Cavill was actually the was the backup he was the second pick for Superman so he was cast as Superman in Flyby in 2004 that movie doesn't happen 2006 Superman Returns comes out with Brandon Routh starring as Superman uh, Cavill is the backup and then uh, obviously then for this for Man of Steel comes along in 2013 he's cast as man, as you know obviously as Clark Kent Kal-El for this movie and the other people who are up for this role are very interesting. One of them was Tyler Heckland, who actually plays Superman on the Superman and Lois TV show right now. So and he's obviously—I think he's a great Superman in his own right. Yes, he he's good. Yeah, so, yeah, so he was—he was one of the one of the actors who was considered for the role. Also was Matthew Good, who was in Watchmen, Army Hammer, which I don't really see Army Hammer's Superman.
1: Jamie, I see more as Bruce Wayne.
0: Yeah, he was actually cast as Bruce Wayne in a movie that didn't come out. Obviously, it was Justice League Mortal. It was going to come out in 2009, but the writer's strike back then uh, killed that movie. I mean, other things killed it too. But uh, anyway, so Army Hammer was one of them. Uh, Jamie Doran was a, an actor who was considered for Superman. Uh, Joe Manganello, who would play later play Deathstroke in the DCEU. I don't see him as Superman. He's too, he's too
1: butch. He's too too, big.
0: Yeah. Right. Like he could be Superman, but his Clark Kent would be kind of weird. Like he doesn't have like that. Like Superman has like kind of a friendly, like boyish kind of charm. Yeah. And and, uh, I don't think Manganiello. Intimidating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting about that. Uh, Also interesting about Cavill. um, He refused to take steroids to bulk up for Superman. And he underwent like a crazy, like, uh, diet routine where he like to bulk up, he consumed 5,000 calories a day. And then to get lean, he like cut down to 15,000 or 1500 calories a day, um, in order to get that in that tremendous shape that he's in, which is, I mean, that's all, that's a big part of it to me. Like the physicality, the physicality of Superman is very important. And he delivered that he looks like an action figure come to life, you know? so. um, that's a big part of Superman. So I'm wondering, um,
1: his body went through a lot of transformations over the years because yeah. he, he, he put on like 30 pounds for mission impossible. That goes protocol. One of the mission impossible movies. Right. Uh, it was around the time. He was shooting just right? And like, he, 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 cocks him, his,
0: he cocks his fist or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. He had to, he had to put weight for that too. So that's, that's just, man, that's a lot.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, I think we both agree. And your Cavill is pretty awesome as Superman. I, I wish she could re- continue, but I mean, I think there's like story reasons why it doesn't really work out. Um, but let's let's go to Amy Adams. So Amy Adams played Lois Lane in this movie. Um, what are your thoughts on her as as the character Lois Lane?
1: Um, aesthetically, she didn't doesn't really fit the the profile. Of Lois Lane. Lois Lane is, is black hair, yeah. very pseudo sexy. Not say Amy Adams is not attractive. I mean, right. She's, she's but Amy Adams has like this girl next door look. Doesn't doesn't scream like I think the 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 base of Lois. She's like domineering, aggressive, journalism reporter, like very top A. I didn't get that from Amy Adams in this in this role. She was very, you know, curious but not like not type A and like very abort girl next door. It it. it, it she was good, but like the, the it didn't fit profile wise with, with what I see in the comic books or the cartoons.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I think I think she was she was better than the actress that played Lois in Superman Returns, which was Kate Bosworth. Which, uh, but I, I can see like she's not she's not she's not iconic. You know what I mean? Like she, it doesn't like like Cavill does feel like Superman, and she doesn't exactly feel like Lois yeah so yeah it's just you know missed kind of a miss not not i mean pretty close though you know like not too far off but what's interesting about amy adams is she much like cavill she was considered for this role three separate times she auditioned for that superman flyby movie that never happened then she auditioned for Superman returns which kate bosworth got and then she obviously got was cast as a uh, Lois for uh, man of steel. So, so her and Cavill, they kind of had the same pattern where they were going for these roles, you know, all three times over, you know, you know, 15 year process or whatever. So that's pretty crazy. I think. Um, and also some of the people also considered for Lois were Kristen Stewart, Zoe Saldana, Olivia Wilde, and Mila Kunis. Do you think any of those actresses would be better than Amy Adams? <sighs> Maybe
1: Mila. Maybe Mila. I like Mila Kunis. Yeah. She, um, uh, Olivia Wild. I don't know about that one. Yeah. Yeah. But I like Mila. Olivia Wild's so frail. She's so skinny. I don't know. it would be hard to, like, see her as a a, a Lois.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like if she were Lois, it would, she would have, like, more of a comedic take, which I don't know that would be, I don't think that would be good. I, I, don't, I yeah. wouldn't be a fan of that, honestly. So I think I think of those actresses. I think I think Amy Adams was the right choice. So anyway, moving on. Let's go to the villain. Michael Shannon is General Zod. He, I think he's awesome. What What do you think about Michael Shannon?
1: There, there are a few times in, in, in superhero movies where like the character profile fits the actor perfectly. Robert Downey Iron Man ryan reynolds deadpool henry, henry cavill as far as villains this motherfucker fits it perfectly like this guy this guy's range as an actor is just incredible like i, I saw him a few years ago in ice man uh this biopic about this about this uh mobster mm-hmm. bro the ferocity he brought to the ferociousness he brought to that role was the same type of energy he brought to that Zyre role, like that motherfucker brought it he shannon was on it he, he great I, and I, I didn't know much of him prior to this role um but but when i saw when i when i watched the like, movie oh yeah that guy like i i've seen him before but like didn't put a name to the face
0: yeah but
1: um no nah, man he he did a great job as uh man like uh i don't i don't know what he did as far as what methods he, he did to channel that that dictator type type personality but he aced that shit
0: yeah, you know, the uh, in the Christopher Reeve movies, Zod was played by an actor named Terrence Stamp, and he was, of course, his, he was famous for saying, you know, Neil Neil before Zod. That was like his famous his catchphrase in the movie, and I like how they didn't use that in this movie, but I think they had a better one. I like how whenever, you know, obviously, baby Kal-El escapes from Krypton, thanks to his mom, Laura, and he, whenever uh zod looks at her he's like laura i will find him i will find you know he says it over and over like it's like really powerful and it's like you really feel like he's gonna find him like she's you know it's like maybe instead of sending these guys the phantoms let's just kill him right now because i feel like he's gonna find that baby of course he does (laughs) 33 years later he finds him but really honestly everything he says in this movie feels epic like it the one part where he's like release the world engine you're just like yeah whatever that is release it i mean (laughs) i know what it is but like you know it's just like he's so good at at playing this character and he does offer a great physical character you know like a physical representation of zod to fight henry cavill's superman and i think while their fights are and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later while their fights are very you know they destroy a lot of stuff metropolis smallville those places are pretty you know they're they're in bad shape after this movie um i think like you know he matches up with cavill's superman very well and those are some epic battles you know in this movie some good some good back and forth stuff so as far as like casting what ifs here's a couple of big names who apparently were considered for this role vigo mortensen who obviously famously lord of the rings and daniel day lewis was also considered for Zod. Frank, what do you, I mean? I think they made the right choice, but what do you think about those two guys? I mean, those are both great actors.
1: I mean, hindsight twenty twenty, they made the right choice. But if you would have given me Daniel Day, I ain't gonna be mad. I mean, that's you talking about acting chops, bro. Like every black person know who Daniel Day Lewis is. Like that's that's just he transcends race. Like he's he's that motherfucker that people know. Like I wouldn't have been mad if you said Daniel Day Lewis. He probably would have brought yeah. it too. But he's, nah, he's very method yeah very method he, My he would he would
0: think he was actually from krypton like he would take yeah. it like to it like off off camera he would like attack cavill at the craft services table or something for the movie lincoln his wife was so pissed off because he he was he wore the
1: lincoln shit back to uh, when he went home he wore yeah. the lincoln shit like he was lincoln for the four or five months they were shooting that bitch like yeah. he don't fuck around like he's a method actor
0: yeah, you know that that reminds me. Another method actor is uh, Jeremy Strong, who of course played Kendall yeah. Roy on Succession. <laughs> There's a lot of stories about him, like or he takes his character too far. But uh, I don't care. I don't have to. I don't have to live with these people. So like, <laughs> as long as they put on great performances, I, I'm down with it. So do do whatever it takes to uh, bring these characters to our screens. Uh, but no, Michael Shannon was great in this character, and like I said, he's returning in the Flash. Zod will be back in the Flash, even though. Uh, <laughs> In this movie, spoiler alert, Superman snaps his neck, and we're gonna talk more about that in a little bit. So, anyway, moving on to the cast, Kevin Coster. That's right, John Dutton himself played Jonathan Kent, and there's obviously a couple of big scenes we'll talk about with Jonathan Kent, but what did you think about uh Coster playing uh Superman's Earth Dad?
1: This is my one beef with the movie, bro. If I want if I'm pay- okay. <laughs> If I'm gonna pay top dollar for an actor of his role, motherfucker, you're not gonna die in this movie. You're gonna be alive all throughout this bitch. Like, I'm not to kill you and have a hologram of you after that movie. Like, no, like I'm paying top if I'm paying 25 million, I don't know how much you gotta pay for the movie, but like, he's he's a man top rate. If I'm paying you 25 million dollars for the movie, bitch, you're gonna be in the movie for the whole fucking time. Well, I'm gonna get
0: my money's worth, dog. Kevin Coster, I mean, spoilers for future, future movies, but he he appears in BVS and in Zack Snyder's Justice League, like in dream sequences. <laughs> no, he does. He really does. I mean, no, like he, he
1: does. But it's like, but it's like, but my thing is, if you're gonna do that, get a get you a C plus actor or B minus actor. Don't get don't get the cream with a crop of actors and then and then suspend them in the movie and shit and BVS and fucking you know holograms and all that kind of shit. Yeah, you might as well just just I don't know. It doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, I got you. I mean, I think uh, I think. He's I think he's like perfect casting for the role, but there's a lot of his things I don't like and And we'll get into those here in a little bit. Um, moving on, Diane Lane is Martha Kent. I think I think that's pretty good casting. What do you think?
1: Oh, yeah, I love Diane Lane. Diane Lane. I mean, Unfaithful is one of my favorite like myth movies of all time. Like she, she's she'll always have a place in my heart. Dying land is on the, is on the milf mountain of top five of, of milfs that I've ever seen in my life.
0: And that movie was like 20 years ago. So like, she wasn't even that old back. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Not that she's that old now,
0: but uh, anyway, moving on. Lawrence Fishburne is Perry white. He's the first ever African American to play Perry white in a live action film or show. Um, what'd you think about Lawrence Fishburne in this movie? He's not in the movie a ton.
1: Again, like if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going to bring in an actor of this elk, I'm I'm gonna use him. Why would you? Why would you bring this guy on to to being three scenes? It it makes no sense. Like, get you a C plus actor. It it does. I don't. Like, they wasted acting chops. Like, they 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 acquired all these all this talent and used it minimally in the movie. He does appear in BVS
0: also, though. I can't remember. I don't (laughs) think he's in. He might be in Justice League. I can't remember. Uh, He probably is. Honestly, yeah. He's in BVS like three two scenes maybe. Justice League. I
1: think when they uh. I think when she goes when Lois goes back to Metro uh, Metropolis to get something, he shows up. Fucking like quick. Okay. Sending. Yeah,
0: it's yeah, like, yeah. It's like why? <laughs> I don't understand. Because they paid him. So anyway, <laughs> um, moving on. So you know, Zod obviously he's a great Kryptonian foe, but you know, also was Fayora, his his uh his you know his subcommander. Played by Anjay Trou. I think she's awesome in this movie. I think she's really great. But did you know, and this is incredible, that before Anjay Trou accepted the role, Gal gadot was offered the role, but declined because she was pregnant at the time. <laughs> of course, Gal gadot would go on to play Wonder Woman, a much bigger role in the DCEU. And she obviously was in the sequel in Batman vs. Superman. But she could have been Fayora. That's been crazy. Thing?
1: she better think that birthday dick she got that night and that, that, that timeline made her more, made her more money.
0: Talk about a fortuitous pregnancy. Cause that kept her, you know, like timing is everything. But I think, I do think the, the, the woman that plays Fiora is great. I think she's super oh, she tough. Oh, yeah. She's a great foe. You know, then you've got uh Namek who is also, who's that who's like the nine foot mute or he's like a mute version of a, uh, you know, Kryptonian he's also really scary and like they you know those three are very formal for superman throughout this movie so i think they did well with that um moving on to uh, lady laura laura laura, Lar- laura larvan which of course is kal-el's biological mother she's played by an actress named ilet zerare Zur- she um um connie Nielsen, was actually in negotiations before zerare was cast connie Nielsen also would go on to play queen hippolyta in wonder woman so these Wonder oh. Woman actresses, you know, were almost instead of being Wonder Woman people, they were going to be Superman people. So, uh, anyway, I think mm. that's kind of interesting. What I mean, she's not in the movie a ton, but what do you think about Lara?
1: I can't remember her face, but <laughs> <laughs> it was so quick because she died. Like, they showed her, like, would she put the baby in the, yeah, the ship? She's in the first I 20 minutes
0: for a little bit. Yeah,
1: I guess she was good. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. Like, she's so insignificant in that movie. I don't really remember her role.
0: I mean, she's significant, but it's, it's just a, she's only in the beginning. Like unlike Russell, yeah. Crow, Russell Crowe, you know, he gets to be space dad through or, you know, space ghost dad or whatever through this, the movie. Yeah, She's only in the beginning whenever they, you know, send the rocket ship up and before Krypton explodes. Um, I mean, she wasn't bad. I
1: mean, I don't, no, I no, mean, no. I don't remember her being bad. I mean, she, she was, she, the way she placed that baby in that ship was perfect. In that movie. <laughs> I, I, she did a great job with that. Perfect yeah.
0: placement. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Perfect placement. So next, the cast we have Christopher Maloney as Colonel Nathan Hardy. This character has an interesting call sign. He calls himself Guardian when he's like in a you know in a, in a plane or a helicopter. Guardian, of course, is a reference to another DC uh, superhero, a DC character. What did you think about Christopher Maloney in this in this role?
1: Is that the is that Martian No,
0: no, no, no. This is the guy that plays the. He, he's from, like, Law & Order SVU. Oh. He he, God, he has some good lines. Like... Yeah, he says, like... Oh, uh, the guy that died, right? Yeah, he dies. He makes yeah, a sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. He, he kills Feora. He has a great line where he's like... You know, earlier in the movie, she tells him that, you know, a good death is uh, its own reward. And then he flips it on her when he makes a sacrifice and they crash their plane into, uh, into the Black Zero, which is Zod's, you know, command Shit. ship or whatever. Yeah.
1: No, he 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 was he was great too. He was great. Um, I wish I wish he survived a little bit longer in the movie because he was just a he had great lines in the movie for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was solid. He he's also like after they attack Superman with the other members in Smallville, the other Kryptonians. He goes, you know, this man is not our enemy, and it's like, mm. yeah, no shit, bud. Like <laughs> he's been trying to save y'all the whole time. <laughs> y'all was shooting at him like I don't know why you can't figure this out, but uh, yeah, he's not your enemy. Um.
1: And, but, I do like the aspect of, of how man still um displays and conveys the fact that men man would destroy this planet. like, and yeah. not only that, any threat or any ally that's as powerful or more powerful than them they want to control. and they they yeah. continually throw they and had they had they hit this and like executed it, it would have been a great ten year arc story for DCU you know, going to Batman versus Superman with the whole, you know, he's, he's a Kryptonian, he's an alien, but if he goes rogue, what do we do? Like, it's that, that whole, like, uh, we can't control him type, type, type deal. And like, they just, they just missed the mark on that, man. It could have been a great story arc about, about how, how powerful he was and how, um how they, they can't, they can't check him.
0: Yeah. And then they, they fast forwarded through much stuff. They shouldn't have, it's after after man of steel, they should have had another Superman movie instead of like jumping to Superman versus bat or Batman versus Superman. Yeah. And, they spell the
1: storyline for way too soon.
0: And then what happens in that movie, obviously Superman dies, which he's dying in the second movie. That's just ridiculous. And yeah, it's all, it's all crazy. Like, I mean the fact that like Superman saves the world in man of steel. And then like 18 months later, the world has already turned against him and Batman doesn't realize that he's like, you know, a hero also. It's it's very yeah, it's messy, but we're not gonna talk about that movie because that would be a seven hour pod. Maybe someday in the future, but not today. Um gotcha. Yeah. So moving on, rounding out the cast, let's talk about Russell Crowe as Jorel. Um, I think he's great. I think the opening scene where he, you know, he's doing whatever it takes to uh obviously get his son, who his son is born is they, you know, Calel is a natural birth, which he's the first in, you know, thousands of years or whatever Kryptonians because Krypton Krypton had had this like uh you know you were communism. For... Well, I mean, kind of. I mean, that's <laughs> like. I mean, they genetically engineered their population to you know you were either born to be a warrior or a worker or a leader or whatever. And they wanted their they wanted their child to be free, and so not only free of the world that was imploding, but also free to make his own choices. So I thought that was uh, you know a cool idea, and I think Russell Crowe, you know, I mean, spoiler alert, he's a great actor, but. uh I thought he I thought he nailed it in this movie.
1: Yeah, he I mean if if you're going to kill off a, a character and and have him in animation suspension throughout the movie, he's the one actually that you keep alive in in whatever form of fashion you possibly can cuz of the acting chops. Like you had like he he kills he kills the role and like even with like the one of the favorite my favorite scenes are the multiple scenes that he he's um beefing with Zod like Shannon and 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 and, uh, and crow man like them in the same scene together it was just it was just great tv great it was great cinema work um perfect man like it was perfect like, it, it's a perfect the cast is like 97 perfect like it's it's yeah. on point like I, I you can't be mad like if, if i told you hey, we should have moving in six months we'll have kevin costner we have Shannon and that motherfucker. We have Henry Cavill. We're gonna have Amy Adams. We're gonna have like Diane Lane. This is the, I'm like oh, when's it come out? Can't wait to see it. Like it's it's a it's a perfect cast. Like yeah. I can't be mad at that.
0: Yeah, no, they, they did a good job. Um, so Crow obviously ran, landed the role, but also for consideration, Sean Penn was up for the role and Clive Owen. So, what do you think about those two actors maybe playing jor I can't see it. Mm. Clive, maybe yeah, because of the accent. Yeah, yeah, the accent. he looks like he might be Superman's, you know, father. You they they know? look like, alike. You know, yeah. yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah. I to... Sean Penn, I don't see it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I just think a fast time richard Richmond High. Every time I see Sean Penn, man, I know it's been years, but it's just like
0: I can't take Sean Penn serious in like serious yeah. roles. Yeah, so they made they made the right calls. So uh let's let's get through some other like I have some other kind of positive things. I think that the fight scenes are amazing. I've mentioned that. I think the visual style I think the world looks great. Zack Snyder is so good at that. I mean, he makes his movies look, look cool. Like it looks, it's like visually stunning. Everything he does. I think Superman's suit looks really cool. It's a different suit from obviously the Christopher Reeve stuff and from other, uh, you know, TV shows and other movies. So I like that. Um, I think the, the first flight scene when he learns to fly is, is very cool. Obviously with, with Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer's, uh, Score going, and he's, you know, his dad's, you know, Cal or uh, JorEl's telling him what to do. Like, you know, you can, you know, you can, you'll lead these people and they'll stumble and they'll fall behind you, but you know, you'll, you're going to show them the light and everything like that. It's a, it's a really cool thing. Um, do you have I any love- other things like you want to point out that you really enjoyed about the movie? Yeah. I, I love how, again, how the movie
1: stays so true to the personality of Clark or, or, or Kalel, um, how they, they show him the, the 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 power of restraint. So, like, there's a scene where he's in a bar, and, like, there's, there's, this this Barton is being harassed, right, by this guy, and, yeah. like, she, and, like, I think he's bar. I think Clark is bar back in at this point in this bar, you know, yeah. he comes up, he approaches, like, hey, man, don't do that, and, like, and, like, the guy keeps fucking with him, and, like, I think he, he spills beer on top of his head or whatever. Yeah, he does. And Clark, so, he shows such great restraint, he walked, through. he walked off, I'm like, damn, bro, you're not gonna knock his ass out, but, again, he's Superman, like, the fucking displace his jaw and put it put it in, in in Iceland or whatever. So, you know he um the guy walks out to drive away, and his truck is wrapped around the goddamn telephone the telephone pole. Or the telephone pole is wrapped around the truck. Like it's yeah. it's I was like okay, that's Clark, that's Superman in a nutshell. A guy that he doesn't always fight the fight because he he knows he's gonna win, and I I, I love that scene so much.
0: See, I, I feel the opposite about that scene. <laughs> that scene. <laughs> Why? But that's, okay. That scene is one of the most ridiculous scenes ever put on film because the guy, the trucker, the truck driver, who's like, you know, he's, he throws the beer in his face, pour and pours part of it on his head. That dude is a foot shorter than Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill has about 80 to a hundred pounds of pure muscle on this guy. Like the fact that this guy could think in his, anywhere in his mind that he could like take. Like, regardless if he has superpowers or not, like, if Henry Cavill and this guy fought in a fight, not only would this guy get his ass kicked, he'd probably die. Like, I mean, like, seriously, but that's the, the whole point. That's the whole point. If, if he fights him, he dies. No, 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 no. I'm saying, like, without powers, that guy would die. Like, if, like you'd be insane to go challenge this guy to a fight. Like, if you're that trucker guy, you wouldn't go up to Henry Cavill and do that. Because, like, that no. guy would, he'd pound you. I mean, he'd kill you. Like, it'd be over. Like, but so, he, was, but he, he was also a drunk, though, Justin. I know he's drunk, but like I, I feel like
1: it's just like... You said yourself scene. sober that you'll that you fight Mike Tyson for a million dollars. You were sober when you said I that would shit. take a
0: punch. for a million. I'd take a punch. I would take one punch. It'd be worth it. It'd be worth it. <laughs> one punch. That's a that drunk man if, shit. If I survive, it's totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about this some other time, but I would do that. Ten times out of ten, I would do that. But the thing about this scene that I don't like is uh, so you're right, Clark just takes it right because yeah, he knows he could hurt this guy. I mean, I could hurt this guy, but he, like, he he knows he could hurt this guy, right? But he doesn't do it. The guy pours the beer, throws the can at him, and he's like, Here's your tip, asshole. But then, like, afterwards, like you said, Clark, the guy, the guys he drives an 18 wheeler, Clark destroys his truck and has like all these like telephone poles or branches, Yeah. yeah, like. And it's like Superman wouldn't do that like because like obviously also like somebody could see you doing that. Like it's such a like, that's more of like a Spider-Man thing. Like I don't think to, and to me like in that scene, the guy like initially before the guy pours the beer on him. Yeah. You know, the guy like tries to like punch at him or he shoves his chest and the guy gets hurt just doing that. So like, yeah. like to me, it would have been better if, if like, in, like there's actually a book about the movie. I read the book for the, for the, for the podcast. And in the book, The guy is like a, he's a regular at this bar and the, the, uh, the bar owner thinks that Clark starts the fight and he fires him. And then the guy pours the beer on him and Clark leaves anyway. And to me, that works better than what they did in the movie. Now in the book, he also does destroy the truck, which I don't. Well, thanks (laughs) Brittany. (laughs) Thanks for that. Yes, I can read.
1: I produced the extraordinary with the head with the the breaking
0: news. Jesus, that is so hurtful. (laughs) though, but i can't read that's that's true um but anyway that scene to me like that scene that should have been a cut it should have been cut because this movie is two hours and 23 minutes it's way too long like i would just cut that scene because it really doesn't serve any purpose like because we see like clark take crap from people like when as he's a kid and it just keeps on going throughout his life i just then like him tearing up the truck really just doesn't work like i i wish they could just cut that scene because it just to me, it just gets in the way. It, like, but it's... I think I
1: think him tearing up the truck because the differences between him being picked on as a kid and yeah. him at, at that point of his life is that when he was a kid, he had no control of his powers. so He, he was even afraid to even like fight back because his powers were so erratic. At the time. Right.
0: But he was um, strong as a kid, and he knew he was strong.
1: Yeah, but as a kid, right. man, as a kid, you not. That's, that's my point. You know how strong yeah. you are. You, you're going to push a, push a kid in the chest. Also, your hands through the kid's uh, cavity, chest cavity. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I right. think, I think that scene kind of showed that I have control of my powers, I have, and not more, not only that, but I have control of my emotions because I know I can kill this guy. But I don't but I'm not i am not going to be that guy based on what my dad told me to do, my my, my earth dad told me to do of like yeah. you know, fighting the good fight when it matters and not and, and not and not for my ego. I think that's what the scene was trying to portray of him walking away. And like again, because now he's somewhat human because he's 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 been he's grown up in this planet, and I think the after effects of like his human emotions get into him is him fucking up the truck.
0: Yeah. I just think it works better. Like if, if the guy punches Clark and breaks his hand and realizes like this guy is like legit, like he would kill me, but also he's made of steel. Not that the guy's going to know he's Superman, but like to me, the guy breaks his hand, realizes like that was dumb. Mm -hmm. And then the Clark gets fired because the guy's a regular. And then Clark leaves because Clark leaves anyway, you know, like Mm -hmm. to me that would work better for the movie because to me, Messing up the truck is not a Superman thing he would do. And there's other stuff in this movie where he does that I don't think Superman would do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's get to. Uh, this
1: like Tim is on, on,
0: on the truck scene. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> I mean, to me, it is a
0: ridiculous scene because the guy like this, and no, and no, nowhere in the world would that guy want to fight Henry Cavill. Like he would no. just get destroyed. I mean, it would yeah. be, it'd be brutal. It'd be a yeah. brutal scene. Um, Yes, and, and kind of following up, like, the scene that Kevin Costner has, you know, as Jonathan Kent, where he talks about, he's talking to he, the son, his son about, you know, those kids are picking on him and he doesn't fight back. And he, he says, you know, like Jonathan Kent comes up to Clark and he's like, he's like, you know, did they hurt you? And he's like, Clark's like, you know, they can't do that. He's like, no, you know what I mean? Like, did they, are your feelings okay? And he's like, he's like, dad, I wanted to punch that guy so bad. And Kevin Costner's like, yeah, I wish, you know, I kind of wish you would have, but then what would have happened? You know, like. That was a really great scene for Jonathan Cat.
1: Yeah. No, I, I I mean, if I had that in my life, I probably would have been and fought less half the time than because like, you know when you're a kid, you just you just fight. You fight for no reason. Sometimes you just fight because you just want to fight, or, or you yeah. fight because somebody yeah. looked at you the wrong way. Having that having that parental advisement of like, hey, like you could do this, but what are the repercussions after? What what is the, what are the consequences of of you doing this? What is the domino effects? of you punching that kid in the jaw or you get in trouble. And I, I just, I just love that fatherly um, aspect of, because of, you get more of it in this movie than you do in any in, in, you other know, Superman movies or, or cartoons of that, yeah. of that because like a lot of a lot of the Superman movies and cartoons, you get more of the Martha Clark connection than you do with the Jonathan Clark connection. So I, I thought it was really yeah. cool from the movie.
0: Because Jonathan, he, he dies almost in,
1: most versions, of Superman, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. There's some yeah. comics
0: where he survives, but most, most of the party dies. And yeah, I think this is a good transition. Let's talk about how Jonathan Kent dies in this movie. It was, it's, it's my least favorite part of the movie. I think it's one of the dumbest scenes in the history of cinema. So to kind of set it up, you know, for Clark's whole life, Paul Kent, you know, Jonathan Kent, his belief is that Clark is supposed to hide who he is from the world until he's ready to reveal himself because he's afraid he's going to get discovered. And people are going to want to study him or take, you know, take him or whatever. And so he's constantly telling his son to not help. However, throughout the movie, you see he's even as a kid. Like Clark saves that school bus full of children. You know, like the school bus goes into the river. Clark rescues everybody, even though like the kids on the. I mean, honestly, he probably should have let them all drown because like the way they treat him. <laughs> but. <laughs> But, like, he saves everybody. So we see that he has this, like, goodness in him. It's innate yeah. goodness, like, throughout him. And even that scene, like, you know, Pa Kent, afterwards, he's, like, he's, like, he's talking to him, he's, like, you know, what was I supposed to do, Dad? Just let him die? And his, Paw Kent's response is, is maybe. And it's, like, maybe? Like, are you raising yeah. the kid from Brightburn or Homelander, or are you raising <laughs> Paul Kent? You know, like, it's, like, what do you, what do you want him to become? Because it didn't
1: make sense.
0: No, because, yeah. Because he wants him to like wait until he's ready to reveal himself, but then it's like he's always been saving people, helping people, which leads me to when Paul Kent dies, he dies in a tornado. They're they're driving down the highway. Clark and Jonathan are like having a little bit of an argument. Jonathan is Clark is saying like he has, you know, he wants to do something else in his life. He wants to do bigger things to be a farmer. And obviously the Kents are they've been farmers for five generations and then clark throws it in jonathan's face that hey well i'm not i'm not you know i'm not part of your family y'all just found me in a field which clark instantly regrets saying that because it hurts his dad's feelings but anyway they stop because there's this there's this massive twister that's coming you know they're in kansas so that's like tornado alley and they're all like all these cars are stopping free on the interstate and they get out and they're trying to like find you know figure out what to do they all decide to hide under the underpass or the overpass which is you know, not the safest place, but I think back when this happened, I think that was like still considered like a reasonable thing to do, like to hide under an overpass during a tornado. And, uh, so they, 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 they're hiding, they go to, you know, Martha's with them, but they forget their dog in the car. And so Jonathan goes back to get the dog, which Clark should have gone back. He wanted to, but Jonathan wouldn't let him. And of course, like Jonathan gets stuck in the car. He frees the dog, but he's stuck in the car. Then he gets out of the car as the tornado is bearing down. Clark can clearly save him if he wanted to. And Jonathan just puts out his hand and goes, no, don't do that. And then he dies in a tornado. Frank, your thoughts?
1: I said in that group chat earlier today, and I was like, man, I think he he went die because he was unhappy in his marriage. He was trying to find an out in his divorce, and divorce would have cost too much. He's like, fuck it, I'm just- exchange the divorce for my life. That's that's the only way it makes sense. Like, using a loveless fucking marriage, and like, y- y- you didn't want to be alive anymore. Because there's no way, there's no way, common sense-wise, you can tell me that if I'm, a, if I'm a child with superhuman powers, and I can save my fucking parent, and my parent puts up the hand and says, no, you think I'm gonna listen to that motherfucker? No! Bitch, you getting saved. What the fuck? Like, I, I don't care who sees it. And plus, he has super speed, so like, he can Fly in and fly out, and nobody and nobody witnesses or see it.
0: And also, it's in a tornado. If there's ever a time to use your powers, when people probably wouldn't even notice it, it's right then and there. Exactly. Exactly. It's, and, and guess what? If they did, if
1: they did, if they did see it, you threaten them like, "Bitch, I'll snap your fucking neck." Well, the like, thing is,
0: <laughs> is everybody already knows he's Superman, or everybody knows that Clark has special powers from as a kid. Everyone knows, and then later on in the movie, everyone knows. He's Superman, basically. That's, secrecy. <laughs> that, that's, that's one of the biggest problems of this movie is the secret identity issue. Which secret identity is obviously a big part of the Superman lore, and I mean Lois finds out right away. She finds out he has powers before she learns his name is Clark. You know, like she doesn't like she knows he has powers. She because he saves her on this on the ship when they're in Canada, in the ice. So like they skipped over the secret identity, but then later on they tried to you know give him that Clark Kent when he goes to the Daily Planet. But it's like. Wait at that point everybody in smallville knows who he is like you know when Zod and his crew show up to martha's house and destroy the house like don't you think people are going to put two and two together like why did they go to clark's like why did they go to the the kent household of all the houses to attack you know like it's it's just a logic that really messes with the movie and you know his whole his dad's whole thing of like well you know you can't reveal who you are until you're ready and it's like well he's shown he's been ready for a long time, or at least like to save people and help people. That's he's shown that his much of his life. Like, I don't, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like Superman doesn't become Superman. Like until he's like college age or so, or out out of college, like that's just kind of like the, the story of Superman, the comics and the shows. And so I feel like they were kind of like, they put themselves in that corner because they made other changes to the Superman lore, but this one, like they, they thought oh we're, we're not gonna do the secret identity, but then we also are later on when everyone kind of knows it just doesn't to me, it just doesn't work
1: i I just feel like they they try to force the whole uh, you know there's a form to all the superheroes, some type of death, some type of like distraughtness yeah. of loss what
0: spurs the law, you know, yeah,
1: what spurs on to be a hero I'm kind of and I'm kind of like, well, we watched a movie. He's already been spreading to be a hero from the child from the time he was a child. He yeah. was told he was special. He was told and tool- and kind of semi-tool uh, under the tools of his father that, hey, you know, you're gonna do great things, but you gotta you gotta decide whether you wanna you wanna be this or not. So he he kind of knew this from a, from the time he was a kid. So to to like recklessly just kill the father off just for the sake of having this this like this system of like, okay, whispers you on. You're, you're, you already had the reason for him to be here in the first fucking place. There's no, there's no point of killing off uh, Kevin Costner in this film. And, and and who knows, the film might have been even way better with him alive, of him being there and just like dealing with the whole Zai shit and like protecting his son or like you know whatever. Like it just it didn't make sense to me. It was it was very odd. I don't know if they if they they only could afford Kevin Costner for maybe a third of the movie. Who knows? But for the fact that you did that, just, it was, it was just a pointless death for a story that could have been so much better with him being alive in it.
0: Yeah, no, I think it was a story choice. And that's, that's, that's the problem is it really kind of mess. It it just doesn't work Uh, to me. It doesn't work. And, you know, like I said, in all other versions, of Superman stories, Jonathan Kent dies and usually he dies of a heart attack. And the reason why he dies of like a heart attack is because that's something that Superman can't save him from, right? he's yeah. his die his, his dad dies of a massive heart attack and there's nothing he can really do. Yeah. He could super speed into the hospital, but like he's, he's not going to make it, you know what I mean? Like, so that's why I feel like in this movie, you either do the heart attack or if you're going to kill Jonathan Kent, maybe he dies in a car wreck or he has some kind of accident
1: yeah.
0: that Clark wasn't there for. Or can't save him because Cause, cause that's, you know, that's, that's just a big part of it. And, you know, Jonathan Kent in other versions of Superman, he's like, yes, he wants Clark to kind of hide himself, but he also understands that he has this great gift and he can help people and save people. And like, there's, it's, it's more balance. Whereas this version of Jonathan Kent is so against him doing anything until not, uh, until the time is right. And it's like, but you know, like, and so what the story tells you, what it kind of tells us is that, he determines that the the right time to to display his powers and become Superman is once he, once his dad dies, like it takes his dad's death to, you know, force him to become Superman or make make him, you know, journey to figure out who he really is. And I mean, on paper, that doesn't sound bad, but then the way it plays out, it's just, it's not good. And and it's, it's even probably not even more
1: like, Not only had Jonathan Kent, like in his in his ear as a child, the ship, his 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 space father, his actual father, told him his his legacy and who he is and what the symbol means and all of this. So like you had all this all this research and homework and like rah rah guys behind you to be this destined hero, which even makes death even more stupid. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like like you're you were sent there to be Earth's guardian. That was that was your that was your your destiny. That's what the S in 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 on the chest stands for in this movie.
0: Well, it's hope. So, it stands for hope. Well, but yeah, hope, I, got, well, I got you. Yeah, well, I mean, he was. Yeah,
1: but he was sent to be like I think I think uh, uh, said like you will be this this Earth's this Earth's guardian, Earth savior, whatever he said. But it was it was paraphrasing. It was to the effect like you are going to be the hero of this world. And you are gonna do great things. So he, he was predestined to be this, even though he, he was he was Krypton's first natural birth thousands of years, and yeah. some form of fashion, he was still predestined to be a hero for this for this planet that will become his home.
0: Well, I mean, you know, he's because of like his his body makeup, like the it's basically because of the sun, like the Earth's yeah. sun, the yellow sun, gives him the powers. Like that's why the other you know, Kryptonians they have powers too once they kind of get acclimated it's basically they're they're bought, they're just built different you know so yeah. that's how they become you know super powered and they can fly and all that kind of stuff but uh yeah it's just like i don't know there's a lot of good stuff in this movie but they they just they missed on a couple of things that are kind of really key things to to me like as far as like telling a superman story and using superman as you jumping off point for your universe like i mean he's the he's the character you should start it with but yeah i just feel like it should have been better and like I said there's still a lot of great stuff in this movie. Stuff that I really enjoy, but it's kind of a it's kind of a weird mix, you know. Yeah. Um let's get to <laughs> one one little funny comment I wanted to make or tell you before you before you before you leave, Frank, is uh um, okay. on the bus before you know, before the kids go in the river, Pete Ross, who's like is like a bully, he refers to Clark as a dick splash, which I've <laughs> never heard anyone say that to another person, and I'm just like Dick splash, like that's such a weird put down. Like I, it's not I, a compliment I don't, to me. <laughs> I know it's like what? What are you saying? Like
1: I don't. I don't mean. Anyway, I mean, anyway. if my, my if, if my if is getting wet constantly, that means I'm, I'm putting in work. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is. I don't. I don't understand. <laughs>
0: it's a, and it's funny because when he says it, he's like dick splash, and then like the tire bl- the blows out and they go right into the river. Like it's a, it's a really funny moment in a movie that doesn't have a lot of humor, but uh, yeah, just an odd scene. Um Is there anything else from this movie you want to mention before you get out of here? Um,
1: man, the fight scenes, man, the fight scenes were incredible. Like, I think, I, I think, I think you touched on it a little bit earlier in, in in this podcast, but it's just like going through buildings, destroying cities, like, and again, if they did this right, it would have been a great jumping off point for down the line for Batman vs Superman because that was kind of the, the premise of how. Think some one, Batman, one Batman's homies got killed, or like people that he knew got killed in Metropolis, and it's kind of like, well, you you kind of sour that that those series of fights in Man of Steel to only fuck it off in Batman vs Superman, right. but it was, but like it was, man, it was great. I mean, even the final showdown, and when they when in that building when he when um Zod's trying to kill those people, the, that family, it's just like down to the to the last fiber of like them fighting like it just it just ends in grand fashion it started in grand fashion I have I have my breath all throughout and it it ended in grand fashion and you know shout shout out to them man um if I do see Flash it'll be because of Shannon like that Zod he he make he really makes that movie for for me man like that was a great um presentation of Zod in that movie
0: yeah yeah and and just real quick do you think like he should have snapped his neck because like Superman doesn't typically kill i Usually, he, I mean, he shouldn't kill, obviously, but mm-hmm. in this situation, he was, he was kind of put in a tough scenario where it was like either he kills Zod, or Zod yeah. kills these people who are there. Never mind the fact that they both killed a ton of people fighting throughout the city,
1: yeah, <laughs> I knocking think,
0: over buildings and everything. Yeah,
1: yeah, like now there have been times Superman, Superman has 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 went has went ham, like yeah, right, and, yeah. Dark Side in the comic books, you know. Um a uh, couple other, couple other major characters he he went ham on trying to kill.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: I think if Superman is putting a place to kill, it's 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 in the the benefit of saving somebody, uh, saving people, sa- saving right. innocent lives. So I do, yeah. I, I had no problem with how he did it, um, but it, it had to be like people's lives in the balance, and so I, I had I had no issues with it.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's certainly there's sometimes there's a, there's a time to kill for these superheroes. And I feel like yeah. he was kind of putting that scenario to, I mean, Zod says like, really the only way this is going to end is either you die or I die. And yeah. he basically tells Clark, like, I don't think you have it in you to kill me. And then Clark has, to, or, you know, Superman has to do that. So.
1: And to solidify it too, like the anguish Clark felt afterwards. Yeah. Now it, it, it's one, like you totally miss Superman and, and the fiber of who he is, the being, if he, if he snaps his neck and he's like, cool, that, that motherfucker gone. Oh, all right, that's, <laughs> we good. Like, yeah. like that That would have killed the whole essence of who Clark is. But because he felt so much anguish after snapping yeah. his neck and he screams and he's like, now that I just killed my, my adversary, I killed one of the last sons of Krypton. Yeah. That's what that scream was really all about. Like I
0: mean the I last other him. person from his planet besides himself. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because oh because already she's gone. She's dead. Right. You know, his, right. his parents are dead. So that that screen that he did, it, it was it was so perfect because like I eliminated one of the last of my kind. What yeah. the fuck? And I, yeah, it, it was it was perfect.
0: And and speaking of that, last thing I'll, I'll I'll tell you, don't you think that this movie should have been called Last Son of Krypton?
1: It should have been
0: it's a better title for the movie because then you could have done Man of Steel as the second movie or whatever later on because it's mostly about about that storyline of him being the last son of Krypton and him coming to this new world and trying to obviously keep them from recreating Krypton on Earth. So I feel like that would have been a better title for the movie. But Man of Steel sounds better. It's shorter. Yeah, I get why they went with that. But uh, there's a better title out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. Man, thanks so much for having the pod, bro. Uh, yeah, appreciate it.
0: Thanks for yeah, thanks man. for jumping on, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about other stuff later on. So, thanks again, Frank. Yes, sir. So, uh, Frank had to leave, but I've got I've got a lot to say about this movie because I watched this movie a couple of times the last couple of days. As Brittany pointed out and made fun of me, I read the movie novelization for this film. Um, and by the way, the book is a little bit better, and the the book does flesh out a lot of stuff in this movie that, um, thanks Brittany. I appreciate it. I, I, I'm glad you're proud of me. Everyone should be proud of me for reading because, uh, reading is fundamental as I, as I learned as a kid. Um, but no, the, the book really fleshes out a lot of things. The main thing the book does better than the movie is as Frank and I were just talking about, there's a lot of destruction in this movie and some people call it like destruction porn because you have smallville, you know, Clark's home is leveled when the kryptonians, feora and and zod and namak whenever they show up there, main street smallville is just leveled, just destroyed. I mean, it's obviously not a very big big place, but it's it's wrecked, right? And then we we go to the battle of metropolis at the end of the movie and I mean that it's just like it's like 9 or something. The the whole city is in ruined. and just I mean there are whole like blocks of skyscrapers that are just knocked down as these superpower beings are fighting. And one of the big criticisms about this movie is the fact that Superman doesn't in the movie, he doesn't seem to care about the loss of civilian lives. And you know, when you watch it, you don't really see much of that. There's some of that, but that he doesn't feel like he's, he's thinking about that. Whereas like Superman in, in the comics and in shows, he's, he's very concerned with trying to save people. That's, that's a big part of what he does and in the in the film you just see the action right and there's one scene that i think is really like uh it's kind of it's it's a bad look for superman there's a scene where when it's down to just him and zod and zod tosses a oil tanker at superman and it's it's actually a lex corp which lex corp is one of the easter eggs you see a couple times in the movie he tosses a a tanker at superman instead of stopping it superman just kind of skips and floats over it and that tanker crashes into a parking garage behind him and it just explodes like the parking garage is destroyed and superman just kind of like you know gracefully like hopped over it like he should have stopped that like that's not something super superman would stop that he wouldn't because he wouldn't want it to blow up you know metropolis or any place he'd want to save people save lives and obviously all the damage to, to the city. Um, so like, that's one of the criticisms for the movie from a lot of people is the fact that it's like just disaster porn. Things are being blown up left and right. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of concern from Superman. Whereas in the book he does, he is more concerned with, with lives. Like as he's being thrown into buildings and stuff, he's thinking, but he's looking and seeing like, are there people here? Oh, it's good that this person left. There's no, I don't see anybody on this floor. He's more, he's more, you know, he's more in tune to that. And he's thinking about that, which I think is, is uh is a good thing because that's what Superman would do. Superman would try to save people. But having said that, like, you know, it's not like Superman chose Metropolis as the, the battleground, like the Kryptonians, they took it. I mean, they tried to, that's where they were invaded. That's where they're trying to take over. That's where they're trying to, you know, terraform and uh, recreate Krypton. And they, they chose Metropolis as their, you know, new kind of city or home base. So, yeah, you know, obviously they brought the fight to him and he obviously was you know outnumbered he had to fight you know many of those uh super beings but um yeah I, I feel like he should you know, as Superman he would have more concern for for human life and and that's part of why you know people have a problem with the end whenever he snaps Sod's neck because they fall into this metropolis grand station, which is, you know, like <clears throat> grand central space, Stras- grand central station in New York. And, and, uh, you know, there's people all around and Zod's like last move is to, is to laser, you know, laser eye, you know, with a heat vision, like burn these people in front of super, in front of Superman. And it's just like, it's this cup, it's this family of four. and, they're just kind of standing there and the, you know, the, the laser beams are going across and like they could move, but they, of course they just stand there because it's a movie. And you know, Superman tells him, no, don't do that. And of course, Zod continues and Superman has no choice but to snap his neck. And when he snaps his neck, I, I I didn't even notice this when I first saw the movie, but uh, someone on IMDb pointed out that when Superman snapped the neck, he actually snapped Zod's neck to where his eyes would actually go toward you know where the laser beams are going to end up hitting the family but then if you watch the movie the second he snaps the neck the the, the eyes go out so the, like there are no laser beams potentially that would hit these people also but uh it is i, I do understand the criticism by people of saying like why does he, why does superman all of a sudden care about these four random people when you know thousands of people in metropolis have just died in this battle and they've died all around him and you know, it's a movie. That's, that's all those things are. It's just, it's a movie. There's no way, real way to like get around that. It's, that's just, that's movie kind of stuff. And I think that, um, like I said, I, I don't have a huge problem with him snapping the neck, but because I do believe like in certain scenarios, there is a time to kill. I mean, if you think about like Batman, like Batman also doesn't kill Batman doesn't use guns. Although in all the movies, Batman is using a gun, whether it be on the Batwing or the Batmobile or even, you know, hand-to-hand in some of the the Snyderverse movies. Um, you think about, like, if Batman just killed the Joker, wouldn't that save him? I mean, that would save a lot of people's lives. It would save him a lot of trouble of having to constantly, you know, uh, put this guy in Arkham over and over and over. Um, so, you know, I can kind of see, you know, I can kind of see both sides to it. But overall, the heroes that we love shouldn't kill. But in this scenario, Superman really didn't have much of a choice. So... I get it. It uh it's okay. And also like Frank said, like Superman, like when after he snaps the neck, he drops to his knees. He like groans in like pain because he just killed the last member of his race, besides himself. So or that we know of. There might be somebody else out there. Um maybe Supergirl, because uh, Supergirl is gonna be in the flash that comes out this week and I will be seeing that movie several times this week and I'll have a review for you next week. But uh let's continue on as we go through man of steel um there's there's lots of stuff that i like about this movie um the end of the movie i think is a really great scene where i mean we're talking about the very last scene where clark tells tells martha his mother that you know she asks him she's like what are you gonna do now that you know when you're not saving the world what are you gonna do And he's like well mom i'm gonna need to get a job and it shows him like you know he's putting on putting on the glasses and putting on a sport coat and he's he's riding his bike bicycle to work and he's like you know i need to find a job where i can go places where i can ask questions where people won't won't you know won't be won't like like i'm going to put myself in dangerous situations i'm going to become a reporter for the daily planet that way i can be you know my ear to the ground i'll know what's going on and so he shows up at the daily planet and he goes up to you know he he's up there and perry white introduces him to the, everybody of course lois knows who he is and Lois hits him with the line, welcome to the planet, which obviously, welcome to the, you know, he's an alien. Welcome to the planet Earth, but also welcome to the daily planet. It's kind of a double entendre. And then he's like, glad to be here, Lois. And that's like the perfect way for the movie to end. And then the Man of Steel thing drops and the music crescendos. Like, it's a really great ending. But in that scene, like just seconds before that, there is a character, Lombard, who is, you know, he's pretty well known in the Superman comics lore. He's usually like a former jock who is, he's like a sports writer. He's on the sports desk of the daily planet. And he's always like hitting on women. Like he's in this scene before, before Clark shows up, he's trying to get Lois to go to like a basketball game. He says he's got courtside seats and he's trying to like get an intern to go with him. And it's like, you have courtside seats to a basketball game in metropolis. Like metropolis has been leveled. Like, like what's the time period. Is this, is this years after the, the battle of metropolis? Is this like, you know, I mean, it's gotta be many, many months later because, I mean, the whole city's a wreck. So I thought that was always kind of funny where he's like trying to like, you know, I've got courtside seats. It's like courtside seats to what? Like to the end of the world? Because like, I mean, the whole, the whole is in ruins. So that's kind of a silly, silly moment in a, in a really good scene that I think is, uh, it's kind of one of the problems with this movie. Um, you know, like I, I was talking about earlier about how I think one of the things about this movie is the runtime. It just, it feels too long. And there are scenes that can absolutely be cut. And I think, I think you could shave off about 20 minutes and make this a tighter, leaner movie. And you cut out a lot of stuff that I think just doesn't work for Superman. As I said before, the, the, the bar scene, I just does not work for me. It doesn't like, why would Superman do that kind of stuff? Another scene I really don't like is the church stuff. Um, I'm, I mean, you know, spoiler alert, I'm not a religious person, but I just think it's, it doesn't make any sense for, you know, Clark goes to see a pastor and at a church in metropolis and you know it, he he he's looking for someone to give him some advice because zod has come to has come to earth and he's you know looking for he's basically wanting kal-el to turn himself in and he gives him like a 24-hour deadline to do that and you know for some reason clark is you know i mean obviously he's in a bad spot but he gets goes and finds some random pastor to ask his opinion on it and the guy really says nothing. He said, he says like, you know, take a belief of faith first. And then, you know, then you can, the trust comes later. It's just like, that's a five minute scene that we didn't need. It doesn't really pay off to anything later on. And I do know that like, there's a lot of people that kind of, there's like a, like a religious allegory with like Superman and like Jesus and stuff, but it just doesn't work in this movie. And you could just cut that. And like, it makes the movie a tighter movie. So I really think that should be gone. Um, the sirens are on my end if you're listening to this, so uh, sorry about that. But uh, you know, another scene that really doesn't work is the scene directly after Superman kills Zod and snaps his neck. Is we have this scene where you know, Superman feels bad because he's he's killed someone for the first time, and he's also killed you know, someone from his own world. And the very next scene is Superman is like he's the government has these surveillance drones that are keeping a tab, keeping tabs on him. And he like goes up to space, gets one of these drones or goes up in the air, gets a drone and he crashes this drone and it lands and crashes like feet away from general Swanwick who we haven't talked about much yet. And also from captain Ferris, they're driving, they're driving their car. It crashes right in front of him. So he's like putting people in danger and it's just a petulant thing that Superman wouldn't do. Like he Superman wouldn't do that. and. Then he, then he, he gets there and you know, the general is like, Oh, you just destroyed a, a $12 million piece of property or whatever. That's what that costs $12 million. And Superman's like, well, you know, don't, don't, you know, you're not going to find where I hang my cape. And, and th- but then right after that, he tells him, he goes, he's like, you know, you should trust me. I, I grew up in Kansas. And it's like, we, everyone knows who you are. Like you can't tell me the government doesn't know that Clark Kent is Superman. They, I mean, of all the stuff that Clark did in Smallville from what happened in this movie, when the Kryptonians attack Smallville and to attack one house specifically, everyone knows he's everyone is, but especially like general Swanwick who works for the government, who later on becomes Martian Manhunter in and, in, in uh, justice league, which is, you know, was not the plan when man of steel was being filmed, but, uh, became the plan later on. It just, it like, he doesn't like, why do they need to, put surveillance on him. They know who he is. They know where he is. Like he's, he's in metropolis. He's from Smallville. He lives in Kansas. Like it's, it's all right there. Just that's a scene. Also, you could just cut that scene and that's another five minutes. You're saving. And once again, you're getting rid of a thing that Superman wouldn't do. Superman would destroy that property just to kind of make a. It's almost kind of, it's called kind of played like for as a joke, because the way the sent the scene ends is uh Captain Ferris this this younger woman you know she's like smirking after superman flies away after he talks to general Swanwick and you know Swanwick notices that she's smiling she, he's like why are you smiling and she's like i just think he's kind of hot you know and it's it's played off as a joke and it i don't know it's just, it just doesn't work it's not it's not it's not good it's just not good um so, so that's another like un Superman thing like that we could get rid of. I mentioned the uh the Battle Metropolis with the 18 wheeler where he like just jumps over it. Like, why would he do that? Superman would stop it. He wouldn't let let a park, parking garage be, you know, exploded by <laughs> an oil truck like it just just doesn't work. Um let me see. Some other stuff we could talk about. Uh you know the the oil rig scene in the movie. I I think is a cool scene where it shows you know, he it's funny because he kind of looks like Wolverine. It's before he has his Superman costume and he's, he's saving the, the, the guys on this oil rig. It's, it's exploding. And he's, uh he's on fire and he really does. Like he's, he's like wearing these shorts and he doesn't have a shirt on and he, he's got the beard. He does look like, uh he looks like it could be like a, if, you know, if Hugh Jackman doesn't return his wool, as Wolverine, it looks like Henry Cavill could step in, in that role. And if they just keep on, keep on rolling. <laughs> so. I don't know if anybody else ever noticed that but it does seem like uh seemed like he could he could play a different character but and then again once again that's one of those things where like you know people can see his face now they don't know his name at that point he's going by this uh he's he's being called joe which is his, is actually his uh, middle name clark joe kent but uh i don't know it's there's just a lot of little things in this movie that kind of add up and you could just you cut out a lot of stuff and you could make a really tight movie that tells a Superman story that that's still, you know, you can make it different. You don't have to follow all the Superman tropes, but the problem with this movie is they, they wanted to make it different, but then, but then they end up falling back on those tropes, but because they, they cut out other things of the tropes, like it doesn't, it doesn't really fit. And that's why that's partially why I don't think, you know, like Henry Cavill couldn't continue as Superman because of what happens with the character, the fact that they, they kind of sped through a lot of stuff. The fact that they killed Jimmy Olsen out of nowhere in BBS, the fact that Superman dies in BBS, the fact that, you know, Superman dies and Clark Kent dies. And we know that Clark Kent dies. And that's a weird thing because they have a funeral for Clark Kent, they have a funeral for Superman. So you can't really bring Clark back. So once again, the secret identity is a problem in this movie. And to me, it's like maybe they should just avoid the secret identity altogether and just, you know, tell this Superman story. Because a lot of people think that, oh, like Superman, like if, you know, a guy puts on glasses and does his hair differently, like no nowadays people would be too smart to notice that. And maybe that's true, but they kind of did like, they kind of did halfway and it just doesn't, doesn't work. It doesn't, it's like you kind of either go all the way or you just blaze a new trail and they kind of were in the middle and yeah, it's not, it's not good. It's not, that, that's why this, you know, it's partially why this, um, you know, this version of the character isn't continuing. And it, and that, that's the sad thing is it should be, it should be because Henry Cavill is an excellent Superman. Like I said, he, physically he, he looks like Superman. And I feel like, you know, he, I think he probably wanted to play, you know, a more like Christopher Reeve version of the character. Not, not exactly the same, but I think there's part of those, part of those things that, that, that were in the reeve movies that like could continue nowadays they could update them and and you could tell a great superman story i think that's what henry cavill wanted to do and he didn't get a chance to that's that's unfortunate so um yeah something else about this movie and it's funny because i'm kind of jumping around in in this podcast and that's kind of the way the movie is is does also they and i I understand why they did it they told his origin story by these like memories and you know we, we go from like him being a you know a, a five-year-old in school to now he's on this he's on this like fishing boat and then we you know jump all around throughout his history and you know once you've seen the movie a couple of times i think i think it's actually kind of a cool way to do it it's definitely different but the first time it's kind of disorienting and if you don't like this movie the first time i can see why you wouldn't want to watch it again i can see why that might be a, a reason why you wouldn't want to watch it because it is weird like you see jonathan can't die but then 10 minutes later you see a flashback where he's alive and like it's i don't know and i mean you you can tell it's a flashback because clark is of different ages in the different scenes but it just like i said you see it a couple of times it works you see it you know the first time you're like man i don't know they they really should have just like done a linear story and just you know hit the points and have him have him progress as as a you know as any character would um so so that 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 about does that. Um let me see. Uh let's see. Uh talk about Easter eggs in this movie. i mentioned about Guardian. Obviously, it's a reference to another DC character. There's the Lex Corp trucks. We see them in Smallville and Metropolis. Obviously, we get Lex and uh ba- Batman v Superman. We also get a shot of the Wayne Industries satellite, which um when when Superman and Zod are fighting into space. They they fly by the satellite, and it it's it's a Wayne satellite, but it's it's the Dark Knight trilogy Wayne logo. So it kind of shows you back then because this movie came out a year after the Dark Knight Rises, that maybe they had hoped to, you know, maybe they wanted Christian Bale's Batman to be the Batman of this world, and I, they didn't really know where this story was going to go. And obviously, in fairness, like I mentioned that that Man of Steel is the first movie of the DCU, but it wasn't intended to be. Actually, Ryan Reynolds' uh, Green Lantern, which came out in 2011, was kind of supposed to be the movie that, that kicked this off. But that movie obviously was a bomb and people hate it. I, I don't hate it as much as most people do, but it was it was, you know, deemed a failure pretty quickly. And they decided to kind of go, okay, sweep that under the rug. We're gonna now go to Superman and let Superman be the way to start it, which I agree Superman should be the way to start it off your, you know, your universe. Obviously he's the oldest character he's one of the most famous. I mean, he's right up there with Batman as far as the DC characters, but, uh, but yeah, so they made a good choice to start with Superman. I just wish they could have, uh, you know, I wish, wish I, I wish it was a little bit better. That's really just it. You know, that, I wish it was a little bit better. Um, you know, no, another great line in the movie, because I, yeah, you know, I feel like I've been kind of negative on, uh, Jonathan Kent, but I do like the scene whenever, uh, Clark learns that he's an alien and uh jonathan shows clark you know the spaceship the the arrived in they've got it they've got it hidden in the barn and the kids obviously freaked out he's like can i just keep pretending that i'm your son and uh and then jonathan kent goes y- you are my son and then they hug each other like it's a it's a nice emotional moment it's um, i believe it's taken straight from a comic from uh Jeff Johns's Secret Origin, which I've i read recently. It's a really great Superman comic. So if you're looking for something that I think tells a really good Superman origin story, check out check out Superman's Secret Origin. So that that line is from the from this uh from this comic. But I, I really enjoyed that part of it. I think uh which I you know, there's so much like that's the thing about these movies, like they have so much uh source material that they can draw upon that you can kind of pick and choose the best stuff from different comic runs. And you know i think for the most part they do they do a good job with that but i think you know this movie i think they wanted to kind of go their own way but they went halfway so i feel like you need to go your go all the way or there's a lot of stuff at your disposal and just you know kind of kind of pick and choose from that stuff and and go from there um another thing that is interesting about this movie i don't i don't know that it's really a, a drawback for me but there's no kryptonite in this movie and that that's kind of a first for a superman movie i think this is the only superman movie that doesn't have a reference to kryptonite doesn't have you don't know, see kryptonite and even like in bvs like kryptonite's obviously in the movie and it plays a key role but it's not i feel like you like i mean obviously you if you follow the stuff at all you know what kryptonite is you know it's obviously what hurts superman but uh it's his main weakness but they don't i don't feel like they introduce it great in this franchise and i feel like they there should have been something with kryptonite in this movie somehow maybe that's how they can try to you know the the humans figure out a way they can kind of just you know stabilize the kryptonians who are trying to invade and then of course they have the 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 problem with that is superman's also kryptonian so it can hurt superman so you know maybe that could have been something they could have played into um i don't know that might have gone bad too so so i don't i'm not sure but it's interesting there's no kryptonite in this Superman movie and um I mentioned I think the movie should be called last Last son of Krypton I think that would be a better better version um a better name for the movie because it's it's so much about Krypton you know it's so much about i mean you have the the people who left from Krypton who are trying to recreate Krypton on earth feels like you should have just gone with uh, that title and then kept Man of steel for a sequel um but they did what they did so you can't really you know it is what it is we're moving on um speaking of moving on so back when this movie came out there was a um i mean this movie has a ton of product placement in it right like you see 7-eleven you see sears and sears is like one of the is, is a big place in the movie um so so sears back when this movie came out the sears catalog at the time, my mom got this in the mail. If you're watching on the stream, you can see they, they had a Superman themed comic book that, or it's a man of steel theme comic book. That's a different Superman story that was released as a free item to go with the, with the, um, with the Sears catalog. Obviously in the movie, Martha Kent works for Sears in Smallville. That is one of the places in Smallville that gets leveled by the, uh, by Nemek and uh Faora fighting with Superman, so I thought it was a kind of cool tie in at the time. I made sure to hit, uh, you know, hang on to it. I thought it was kind of a cool item. The comic, the storyline in the comic book, however, is just it's all star Superman, so it's, it has nothing to do with the movie, but the cover was kind of made in Man of Steel style, so I thought that was kind of a cool thing. Um, as I'm kind of wrapping up here, let's see, um yeah, you know, this movie, like I said, has really kind of risen in my eyes and you know, the DCU is coming to an end. So, um, I think it's, I think it's time for me to show my updated DCU rankings because, uh, this movie has been low on my list for a long time, but now it's, it's now middle of the pack. It's in my top five. So let me run them down and I'd like to hear y'all. If you got comments, if I want to hear what you think about my rankings, let us know your rankings, like in the chat here or later on on YouTube, just drop them in the comment section. But so I'm gonna start from the top. My number one DCEU movie is the Snyder cut. Zack Snyder's justice league. I know it's a four hour movie. I know it's kind of not even a movie because it's so long, but I do enjoy it. I've seen it six or seven times. Like it's, which is crazy because that means I've spent, you know, 30 hours or so with this movie, but, uh, I really enjoy it. I think, I think it's really, it's a, it's honestly, it's, it's by far the best. To me, it's his best work with these characters. And if they could have skipped man of steel and Batman or Superman, and just gone to this movie, I would have been fine with that because it does a good job introducing most of the characters. And, uh, it's just awesome. I, I, I really enjoy it. My number two is the first Shazam movie. The first Shazam movie to me is basically an MCU movie trapped in the d c e u It's, It's just super fun. Really enjoyed it. My number three movie is, is the first wonder woman, wonder woman movie, which I think most people kind of think is, is usually the consensus is like the best movie in the DCU. Um, I think it's really good. I think it's, I think it's solid movie. My number four is the suicide squad. That's the suicide squad, meaning James Gunn's version of the suicide squad. It's kind of a sequel to the original suicide squad movie. Um, this movie came out in 2021. It did not do well bought in the box office, but a lot of that was because of the pandemic. It, it you know, went straight to HBO Max. That's where most of us watched it. That's where I watched it. Um, this movie is a fun movie, really entertaining. It obviously introduced us to John Cena's Peacemaker. And uh, for that reason, it should be high up in the list. But uh, it's got so many different actors, different great characters, and it's just a fun watch. And so now I get to my number five, which is Man of Steel which is huge for me because forever, I've always had Batman V Superman above man of steel. But I really think recently with these rewatches, I really think that this movie, um, you know, take away the Jonathan Kent tornado scene. And I think man of steel is, is better than, uh, than BVS. And if you cut out some of the other stuff I talked about before, I think it's, it's a much better movie. So I'll go with man of steel above BVS number six, Batman for Superman, Donna justice. Um, I honestly could talk about this movie for hours. So I'll just say it's, it's my number six right now, moving on to wonder woman, 1984 at number seven. This movie was much maligned when it came out Christmas of 2020. I don't think it's as bad as people say. I think, I think people hated on it for like a weird reason. I think they hated it because it was like, it was a pandemic movie that, that was available for people to pick apart and, you know, from their homes and they, decide to pick this movie apart but it's just a superhero movie and if you like superhero movies it's not terrible like it's there's far worse out there there's far worse in this list um i i enjoyed it just fine moving on the aquaman movie which is the only one of these movies that's made a billion dollars in theaters so for that it's uh it has its own special place but for me it's number 8 my number 9 is the justice league which is the the 2017 version the the justice league um directed by joss whedon who all he did was like take Zack snyder's movie and make it much much worse but there's still some cool stuff there's some scenes in this movie that i still like i like the end credit scene with superman racing the flash that's a really cool scene and it feels like what these characters should be doing so i'll uh that's my number that's number nine my number 10 is black adam with the rock the hierarchy of the DC universe did not change when the rock joined. However, I did like the action in the movie. There's a lot of great fights. Um, and I think the rock should have a place somewhere in the superhero world. And, uh, unfortunately I don't think it's going to be the DC going forward. My number 11 movie is the latest or the most recent DC movie, which is Shazam fear of the gods. This is really bad. I, uh, I had higher hopes for this movie, although the the trailers didn't give me much to look forward to. Uh, Yeah, this movie bombed the box office and I don't know that we're going to see Zachary Levi Shazam in the the new DCU that starts in 2025. My number 12 is, is Suicide Squad, the original one. This movie had heavy studio interference from Warner Brothers. They basically had a movie and then, And then guardians of the galaxy came out and like, you know, kind of changed everything. And they wanted to try to make their movie like guardians of the galaxy, which was, you know, is a James Gunn movie. And they, they made this movie. It's basically like a two hour music video. And it just, it's just really bad. It's, I don't enjoy really any of it. (laughs) And then that gets me to my last movie, which is the birds of prey. The, Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn, I believe is the, the full title. This movie's god awful. This is bottom of the barrel. One of the worst superhero movies I've ever seen. I will never watch this movie again. We, uh, we didn't review it as the, with the watchers when it first came out. And uh, I don't think we'll ever review it. So uh, I, maybe this is the last thing I'll ever say about this movie. It's just really bad. I, I would say, don't waste your time with this movie. There are great people in the movie, but, uh, and great characters, but yeah, don't watch this movie. So that about does it for my DCEU list. Uh, of course, the latest, the next DCEU movie comes out this week. It's the flash. It's my highest, highly, you know, the most anticipated movie of the year for me. I'm going to see it multiple times and I will have a review for you next Monday or maybe before we'll see, but uh, I'm really excited about that. So let me know what you think about the flash. Are or, or you excited about that? So say that, you know, leave that for us in the comments below. Um, as I'm getting out of here, I want to say thanks to everybody who joined us in the chat. Looks like uh, M Moves had a lot of comments. So we appreciate those comments. Thanks for joining us. And, yeah, you know, that's one of the best ways to, to, uh, to join us and help us out is to, you know, comment in the chat. Leave your comments below. Um, we appreciate everybody who is, like, you know, watching us on YouTube. And, hey, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button also. That way, you know, our shows just come right to you. You don't have to look for it. And, uh, you know, we're also, you can also help us out in uh, various other ways. Social media, obviously we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're at watchers basement and be sure to use the hashtag hashtag watchers basement. When you're talking about us on, on social media, that way we can find out, we can retweet it. We can comment, share it, all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, Hey, if, if, if video isn't your thing, that's okay. We've got you covered. We've, we've got audio podcast versions of the, of every show. Those are available on Spotify, Apple podcasts, and, uh, Google podcasts. And Hey, if you're listening to us on one of those platforms, be sure to give us a five-star rating that really helps us out. So, uh, yeah. So, Hey, listen to us, subscribe to us, watch us on YouTube, all that good stuff. So, uh, once again, for thanks to Frank for joining me. So for Frank, I'm Justin saying, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Have a good night. Bye-bye.